Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Larry Winkleman with Red Eye Ranch and DBRL Farms in Dinebox, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Texas Association of Dairymen reacts to the recent USMCA dispute panel ruling regarding Canada's dairy import restrictions. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As the state of Texas works to develop new water sources, desalinization is expected to play a major role. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about how desalinization might be applied in the Texas High Plains. The largest farm and ranch organization in Texas will celebrate 90 years. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a preview of Texas Farm Bureau's annual convention in Frisco just ahead on Texas Ag Today. A new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture points to Texas as the state with the highest increase in foreign-owned agricultural land. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The United States dairy industry is not happy with a recent USMCA dispute panel's ruling regarding Canada's dairy import restrictions. Darren Turley is the executive director of the Texas Association of Dairymen. We asked him what this dispute is all about. Well, it's, a, it's really a market access dispute. Uh, it, it affects the northern part of the country a whole lot because they're neighboring, you know, some of our premier dairy states up there uh, with some of their biggest population areas. And so uh, we would like to have access to that as a country or at least in those states. And uh, the way the restrictions uh, had been, they felt like that was really imposing their growth and their competitiveness in the area. And uh, the, the ruling come down that, it, that it's going to maintain. And that was kind of a letdown to, to those producers. And of course, all of us, as we're all looking for growth and exports, uh, we continue to see that big being a bigger part of our market all the time. And uh, that's not going to change going forward with or without Canada, but that would have been a real big plus for us. Turley says the U.S. dairy industry will continue to fight for access to the Canadian market. Texas and Oklahoma farmers and ranchers hired less farm labor this past quarter 
but paid them more. According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Texas and Oklahoma farmers and ranchers directly hired 53,000 workers during the reference week October 18th through the 14th. That is down 10% from the reference week in 2022. In October, employers in Texas and Oklahoma paid on average $15.12 an hour for field work, $16.61 an hour for livestock work, and an average of $15.96 an hour for field and livestock work combined. USDA notes that does not include other benefits that employees may be receiving, like housing and meals. The national average pay for farm workers in October is $18.81 an hour. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Another Texas Livestock Auctioneer has qualified for the World Livestock Auctioneer Championship. Andy Baumeister qualified for the tournament at a recent qualifying competition in Paris, Kentucky. Baumeister is the auctioneer and owner of Lampasas Cattle Auction in Lampasas. He qualified for his first World Championship tournament back in 2018. He and his wife Jade bought Lampasas Cattle Auction in 2019, where they hold sales every Wednesday. The World Livestock Auctioneer Championship will be held in June of 2024 at the Oklahoma National Stockyards in Oklahoma City. Desalinization is expected to play a major role in Texas' future water supplies. James Hunt tells us how desalinization may be applied in the Texas High Plains. With voter approval of Proposition 6 a few weeks ago, the state of Texas is embarking on an aggressive mission to expand water supplies. Desalinization of brackish water is expected to be a major focus of the state's efforts. So what might be accomplished here in the Texas High Plains? Ben Weinheimer is the chairman of the Panhandle Water Planning Group. Here's his thoughts on the potential for desalinization in our area. A lot of the technology exists to allow us to be able to use these water resources. It's more of a matter of identifying exactly where those water supplies are located, who currently owns the water rights to those groundwater supplies, and then being able to figure out whether that's through public investment alone in development of projects or even public-private partnerships. So an example of that might be when you look at the Santa Rosa or the Dockham Aquifer in the Texas Panhandle region, portions of that aquifer are quite brackish, have higher salts than you would see in the Ogallala. But as far as using desalinization to clean that water up, You could potentially use that through a desalinization project and clean it up to the point where cattle could utilize it versus humans. And the cost of that desalinization of that water would not be as expensive as it would be for human use because cattle can consume a level of brackish water at a higher level than humans. Once again, that was Ben Weinheimer, chairman of the Panhandle Water Planning Group. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The largest farm and ranch organization in Texas is celebrating its 90th birthday this weekend. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Approximately 1,000 farmers and ranchers from across Texas 
representing 205 county farm bureaus, will be in Frisco to help Texas Farm Bureau mark its 90th anniversary during the organization's annual meeting, beginning Friday, December 1st, and concluding on December the 3rd. With us today is Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining, and uh, Russell certainly uh, celebrating 90 years of an organization, any organization, and here we're talking about Farm Bureau is quite an achievement, isn't it? Yes, Tom, it is. It's a huge milestone. Our forefathers started this organization 90 years ago, and to keep it together, there was a lot of, uh, I know, blood, sweat, and tears along the way, but uh, the organization has continued to, uh, I believe, grow stronger every year and do the things that we do for farmers and ranchers in the state of Texas. Yes, certainly this grassroots organization has a lot going for it over the last nine decades, and of course, during this convention, one of the main parts of it will be the business session. Any particular issues that uh, you know of that the members will be uh, addressing? There's always issues every year that come up. And the last year or two, uh, uh, foreign ownership of land has become an issue. It's it's a matter of some folks uh, talking about it being national security. And I know that's probably one issue that'll be discussed. The Farm Bill is on the national uh, scene. The Farm Bill still needs to get passed. So I'm sure we'll have some discussions about that as well. Of course, Young Farmer and Rancher Activities Award Programs will be part of the convention, but also to uh, celebrate the 90th anniversary celebration, uh, two-time entertainer of the year, Neil McCoy will be performing at the dinner on Saturday evening uh, there in Frisco. We're just trying to do a couple of special things to celebrate the 90th anniversary, and we're looking forward to it. That is Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new report from USDA says Texas has the highest increase in foreign-owned land. Gary Joyner has the details. The issue of foreign ownership of U.S. agricultural land continues to simmer. New data from a U.S. Department of Agriculture report is likely to add more heat to the discussion, especially in Texas. The Lone Star State leads the nation in the amount of foreign-owned ag land. In 2021, the figure was 5,267,854 acres. That consists mostly of forest land, followed by pasture land and then cropland. The foreign-owned amount represents 3.4% of the total amount of agricultural land in the state. The percentage nationally is 3.1%. It's not surprising the foreign ownership trend in Texas continues to point upward. Between 2020 and 2021, foreign entities purchased 549,000 more Texas agricultural acres. Investors from Canada, the Netherlands, Germany, Italy, and the United Kingdom own the most acreage in that order. Where is China? Nationally, China ranks 18th, with 0.3% of foreign investor-held land. Foreign owners of farmland are required to report their investments by the Agricultural Foreign Investment Disclosure Act. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas Parks and Wildlife is considering a change to desert bighorn sheep hunting. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And chronic wasting disease in deer is a controversial topic here in Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. 
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Chronic wasting disease in deer is a controversial topic here in Texas. Dr. Bob Judd says it's getting a lot of attention here in the middle of deer season. Jacqueline Parrish wrote a good article in the Cattleman publication about the research surrounding CWD. Because of positive cases throughout Texas, several more counties have been added to the list of Texas counties that require post-mortem testing of killed white-tailed deer. Dr. Hunter Reed with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department indicates $4.3 billion is spent in Texas by deer hunters and deer breeding is a large industry in the state. Chronic wasting disease is a highly transmissible deadly neurologic disease impacting cervid species like white-tailed deer and mule deer. The disease is caused by prions, which are protein-based infectious agents that rapidly spread, and similar diseases are bovine spongiform encephalopathy, also called mad cow disease, and scrapie in sheep. The first case of CWD in Texas was reported in 2012 in a free-range mule deer in West Texas. The Texas Animal Health Commission and Texas Parks and Wildlife have formed the CWD Task Force to help guide the CWD program in Texas. Dr. Rodrigo Morales from UT Health Houston indicates most of the tests are conducted post-mortem and do not have a great sensitivity for prions. The University of Wisconsin is also researching the role of ticks in transmitting the disease. Dr. Warren Conway with Texas Tech indicates although no axis deer have tested positive for CWD, it is likely axis deer are involved in the transmission of this disease and should be monitored closely and tested just like white-tailed deer. Axis deer may live longer than white-tailed deer, so the disease may manifest later in life. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas Parks and Wildlife is considering a change in desert bighorn sheep hunting regulations. Jessica Domel takes a look at those changes in today's wildlife report. Desert bighorn sheep hunters may see a change in season dates in 2024-2025. Texas Parks and Wildlife Department staff previewed potential changes to hunting and fishing regulations at a recent Parks and Wildlife Commission hearing. Alan Kane, TPWD Big Game Program Director, said one potential proposal would shift the season dates for desert bighorn sheep hunting. Currently, the season runs from September 1 through July 31st of each year. That one-month break in August is necessary to avoid hunting during the survey period in which our biologists are conducting bighorn sheep surveys. However, staff have shifted the survey period from the month of August to October 1 through November 14th in response to revisions to the department's aerial survey protocol in which we conduct surveys at a cooler time of year for safety matters. So staff would be considering a proposal to shift the bighorn hunting season to run from November 15th through September 30th each year and avoid hunting during that bighorn sheep survey period that our staff are conducting those surveys. Desert bighorn sheep hunting is by permit only in Texas. 
permits may be issued to landowners or their agents. A limited number of permits are available through big-time Texas hunts and other public hunting opportunities. The proposed season change is informal until January. At that time, TPWD staff is expected to bring a formal proposal to the Parks and Wildlife Commission for their consideration. If approved, the proposed rule change would be published in the Texas Register, opening up a public comment period. The rule changes, if adopted by the Commission in March, would impact the 2024-2025 season. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures drifted lower throughout the trading session on Thursday. We ended up closing with triple-digit losses in both live and feeder cattle. December live cattle down a dollar two at one seventy eighty-seven. February down a dollar sixty-five, one seventy-one eighty-two. With April live cattle down a dollar fifty. 174.42. January feeder cattle dropped 225, closing at 219.95. March down a dollar 70, 222.57. The April contract dropped a dollar 65, settling at 226.67. Cash-fed cattle market. We've been seeing some slow sales come in all week long. It started out on Monday with cattle selling at 175 here in Texas and that price seemed to stick as we've seen 175 sales throughout both the southern plains and the northern plains dressed cattle up north selling for mostly 275 this week that is three to five dollars lower compared to last week boxed beef prices higher on Thursday choice up 92 cents 297.95 select up 320 at 267.29 now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, my name's Larry Marble. This program is Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Doug Bass, Cattleman's Columbus, sales on Wednesday. Doug, how'd the sale go? We had a good sale, Mr. Lay. We ended up 1,875 head of cattle, thinner, lower-yielding cows, 45 to 70, medium flesh cows, 72 to 85, better high-yielding cows, 88 to 106, lower-yielding bulls, 95 to 104, better high-yielding bulls, 108 to 116. Uh, didn't have any pairs. I had a few bred cows, bred cows, Bring anywhere from 1050 to 1650. 
the calf market looked really good yesterday. I tell you, we had a great set of kids yesterday. Uh, two to three weight steers, 225 to 342. Heifers, 215 to 332. Three to four weight steers, 220 to 340. Heifers, 210 to 325. Four to five weight steers, 215 to 322. Heifers, 190 to 295. Five to six weight steers, two bucks to 285. Heifers, 185 to 262. Six to seven weight steers, 185 to 250. Heifers, 180 to 267. Eight weight steers, 174 to 225. Heifers, 170 to 201. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull runners bring 165 to 205. Heiferettes, 145 to 170. Good. That was Columbus. Now we are talking, I guess, a little bit before 7 on Thursday morning. What's uh, Brenham looking like for Friday? Uh, looks good. Uh, I know we got some rain in the forecast today, but we've got some cattle already there. Received some cattle uh, uh, late last night there, and uh, we've got several loads on the way. Uh, so it's looking like a pretty good run for Friday. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454, or there at the office of Columbus, 979-732-2622. Neighbor, thanks for being a part of Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That was Doug Bass, Cattleman's Columbus, Cattleman's Brenham, and you're listening to our program right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finish mixed. December hogs down 20 cents, 68.77. February hogs up $1.37 at 71.47. Class 3 milk was mostly lower. December milk down 2 cents, 16.09 a hundredweight. January milk down a penny, at sixteen twenty-one a hundred, the cotton market traded on both sides of unchanged throughout the session on Thursday. We ended up closing slightly higher. The export sales report came out Thursday morning, mostly neutral, not anything to get excited about, but it wasn't bearish either. December cotton up eighty-one points, seventy-nine forty. March cotton up forty-seven at eighty oh six, with May cotton up forty-seven points, eighty point seventy cents a pound. The corn export sales report released yesterday morning gave a big boost to the corn market. December corn up 12 cents, 461 and three quarters. March corn up seven at 482 and three quarters. And the wheat complex put in a third straight higher close, three sessions now, adding a lot of money back onto the wheat market. December Kansas City wheat up another three and a quarter to close at 643 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up 14 and a quarter. Closing at 570 and a quarter. In the energy markets, January natural gas unchanged at 281. January West Texas crude down $1.75, 76.11 a barrel. The financial markets mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow was up 354 points, 35,785. The NASDAQ down $1.05 at 14,153. The SP down four at 4,546. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. 
Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.